You're listening to Travel Talk Weekly with Rob and Carrie Stewart, travel experts, authors, and TV hosts. Join them as they take you to amazing destinations all over the globe. Whether it's cruising the seven seas, exploring Europe, or being pampered at an all-inclusive resort, Travel Talk Weekly is your passport to the world. Hello, travelers, and let me be the first to welcome you to episode number 135 of the Travel Talk Weekly podcast. Robin Carey Stewart here coming to you from the Creating Magic Vacation Studios in the city built by a mouse, and that, of course, is Orlando, Florida. And this week, we go back to the beginning. I am waiting for you, Vicini. You told me to go back to the beginning. Special thank you to my dear friend Inigo Montoya for joining us this week. I do love Princess Bride references, don't you? They are inconceivable. Oh, man, you threw another one in. (laughs) We want to say a huge thank you to those of you that reached out to us and or commented on our Facebook and Instagram, congratulating us on celebrating our five-year anniversary here at Creating Magic Vacations. Yeah, we officially opened doors for our own agency June 1st of 2018. And since then, we have helped over 125 people start their part-time travel business, and for some, it has even become a career. It has been a very humbling experience taking this journey, see I'm using a travel reference there, with a lot of these agents and their clients, and we couldn't be more humbled. So thank you guys all. Yeah, and I can't wait for the new agents that eventually join us as well. And this week, we're talking about ocean cruising. And there is so much to learn when it comes to cruise vacations. So we're going to break this up into multiple episodes. We're also going to explain how different ocean cruises are from river cruises. Now, before we were known for Disney vacations, we were well known for cruising. And that's really how our travel career started. Well, before we knew it would become a career. It was a cruise specifically in the fall of 2005, the same year we met. And bonus, it was the first cruise for both of us. It was an Alaska cruise on Holland America. And from the moment we walked on that ship, we were hooked. And fast forward 18 years, and we've been on over 30 cruises, and we've sailed on over a dozen cruise lines. It also inspired us to write a book on the subject, Just Add Water, Your Guide to the Ultimate Cruise Vacation. Which we are working on an update since that was published in 2014. A lot of new stuff since then. A lot of new stuff since then. So I grew up at a time when the love boat was on primetime TV. And back then there was a saying that people were still using when we started our travel career over 15 years ago. And that saying is this, cruising is for the newly wed and nearly dead. And I really think that saying came from the love boat. You would see newlyweds and retirees every week. It was also really cool to see how many movie stars were featured on the show. And for some, it launched their career in Hollywood. Yeah, and I loved that show. I remember watching it all the time. It was a feel-good show. (laughs) Did you know that portions of the show were filmed on an actual cruise ship? It was the Pacific Princess, and it was part of the Princess Cruise Line. Sad to say, that ship has been sent to the scrapyard. But how cool would it have been if you got to sail on that actual ship? That would have been really cool. And back then, river cruising didn't really exist as a mainstream vacation like it does now. There's another saying that we hear a lot when comparing ocean and river cruises, and this one is very true. Ocean cruises take you to a place River cruises take you through a place. And that not only is true, but a topic we've covered extensively on some of our recent shows about river cruising right here on Travel Talk Weekly. Now, the first time you go on a cruise, it may be a little confusing. When we took our first cruise back in 05, I knew nothing about cruising. 
I went because my girlfriend asked me if I wanted to tag along on a video shoot that she was doing on board for a client of hers. And if you're wondering how that turned out, that girlfriend is now your wife. Okay, so that's a good thing. (laughs) The biggest difference between an ocean cruise and a river cruise is the ocean liners are built to be floating city. Casinos, Broadway shows, tons of restaurants, tons of things to do. River cruising is about taking you to and through the destinations. Yeah, it's more of just gets you from point A to point B, although this one does too, but it is a floating city. Ocean cruise lines do fall into, I'd say, three main categories that we use in the industry, and that would be mass market, premium, and deluxe. So here's a quick question for you. How many cruise lines can you name off the top of your head? The easy ones that probably come to mind are Carnival, Royal Caribbean, and Norwegian. They're all in the mass market category. Now, we did mention Princess earlier, and they're definitely still around. But did you think about Holland America or Cunard? I bet all of you thought about Disney Cruise Line. And we work with all of those and probably two dozen more that you've never heard of. The ones we just mentioned are also considered more premium lines. A few of the deluxe lines would be Silver Sea, Regent Seven Seas, and Seabourn. The obvious difference between the three categories is, of course, the price point. But the real difference is the experience. We're not going to break down the differences between each of the cruise companies because that would take way too much time. But here are a few main differences. With the deluxe cruise lines, everything is included for the most part. So for example, on Silver Sea, every stateroom will be a suite and you have your own personal butler, not to be confused with a room attendant like what you get on a mass market ship. Let's do a little bit of trivia. Why are cabins on cruise ships also referred to as staterooms? Okay, this one is pretty cool. Back in the day, steamboats on the Mississippi River, or paddle wheelers, carried very few passengers and thus very few cabins. And instead of putting a number on the door, they were named after states. So you might have been in the Mississippi cabin, or the Tennessee cabin, or the Missouri cabin. And that term is still in use today. So here are the biggest differences to know when comparing if you should go on a deluxe all the way down to a mass market. And yes, a lot of it does come into budget, but a lot of those mass market ships and the premiums are really stepping up their game with some premium offerings. For the most part, those deluxe cruise lines are going to be much smaller ships, which means for destinations like Alaska, or even in like the Southern Caribbean, you can get into some different ports that the mass markets can't get into. That's a very good point, because I remember on our honeymoon, we were on the Carnival Dream, and we went to Dubrovnik in Croatia, our first time there. It is a beautiful place, but we had to dock so far away, because you dock at an actual cruise port, as opposed to a smaller ship. In this case, we were on, we were sailing with Star Clippers on their ship, the Royal Clipper, and because there was only about 175 people on the ship, and it's smaller, we anchored just a few hundred yards from the old town of Dubrovnik, which was just a short, tender ride-in. So the deluxe ships, you're also going to have fewer activities on board because most of the clientele are frequent cruisers. I noticed that the more we cruise, the more we like the small ship experience. Definitely. Yeah. And so it is a little bit different. I would not recommend it for kids unless they're very well traveled because you're not going to have all the same entertainment options or kids clubs. When it comes to premium cruise lines, and I like to use celebrity as an example, They're known as the foodie cruise. They have amazing restaurants, incredible food options. They still have a lot to do. They still have the shows and things like the Carnival and Royal Caribbean. Some of their ships are a little smaller, not all of them. It's just more of a premium experience, hence the name. And one of the things that the premium lines do offer is they typically will have more suite categories, 
with some special things like a special lounge. I know that celebrities like really knocked this one out of the park with their new retreat area on their newer ships. And so if you like the small ship experience, but you want to still travel on the itinerary that the larger ships are doing, the premium lines are definitely a step up. And I think that the travelers are just a little bit more sophisticated. You will see small children, but you're not going to see a ton of them on these ships. The mass market is where most people start. Matter of fact, probably 90% of first-time cruisers, they'll choose Carnival, Royal, or Norwegian, and they're going to be sailing in the Caribbean. But how would you like to have a premium and or a deluxe experience on one of those big mass market ships? I think a perfect example is the Haven on Norwegian Cruise Line. That is a private, very high-end experience within a mass market ship. You have to have a certain key card to even get into the area. You have your own bar, your own pool, your own restaurant. It's really a premium or deluxe experience on a mass market ship. One question we get asked a lot is, what is the best cruise line for mass market? And that answer really depends on your style of travel They all do the same itineraries, but it's what is the different experience you want to have on board? If you love really, really good food, I would say over our about 15 years of booking cruises for people that Carnival's food tends to be better. But if you don't like having a cruise director who's, you know, always trying to engage and get people and you just don't want that feel on a boat, Carnival may not be for you. If you have teens and they want to do like some exciting things like zip lining or climb a rock wall or go on a roller skating rink or a flow rider, Royal Caribbean would probably be a good option. The cruise lines, though, they all compete. And so Norwegian has multiple food options, tons and tons of variety. Royal Caribbean kind of has that, but it's not the same. So our recommendation is before you lock yourself in on a cruise line, first think about what is most important to your family. That's true. You want to think about the experience. And sometimes people, they're not sure, so they don't want to commit to a seven-night cruise. So they'll do like a weekend. They'll do a three-night cruise, you know, Friday, getting back Monday. And it almost doesn't matter which of those mass market cruise lines you choose. If it's a three-night weekend cruise, it's going to be a more rowdy crowd with a lot of drinking because people are on there just to get on there, have some fun and have drinks. It's not as family friendly as say a seven night cruise within the same cruise line. Definitely makes a difference. And here's our little pro tip. If the cruise is really, really cheap, you're probably going to have a big party group on there. So you may want to avoid that. As far as the destinations, the ports of call, they all travel to the same places. If you're cruising out of Florida, you're going to probably go to Nassau, Grand Cayman, Cozumel. If it's a longer cruise, you might go a little bit southern. If you want to cruise out of San Juan, you're going to hit the Southern Caribbean. All of those main cruise lines go to the same places. And they also all have their own private islands in the Bahamas. So if you are doing an Eastern Caribbean itinerary, there's a good chance that you will stop at one of those. And their private islands are all a little bit different. The one cruise line that has a pretty amazing one is Royal Caribbean. And did you know that Royal Caribbean also owns Celebrity? So Celebrity does a stop at their private island as well. Same thing when it's like Carnival, they go to Half Moon Key. If you're on Holland America or any of the Carnival cruise lines, they own that island as well. So the Caribbean is definitely one of the number one cruise destinations. The next one is Alaska. And yes, they all do the similar itinerary. There's going to be maybe a different glacier that you see. They will either go out of Vancouver or Seattle. The itineraries are the same. So you have to decide what is the ship experience. And if you want to see 
Say Hubbard Glacier, for example. Not all the cruise lines go to that one, only certain ones. And I think all of the glaciers should have giant signs on them so you know which one you're looking at. I know, that would be nice. And then the other most popular destination for cruising is the Mediterranean. The Mediterranean season starts at the end of April, beginning of May, and then goes through September, October. And Yes, some of those mass market cruise lines will go over there for the summer, but not all of them. So if you are a huge, loyal Royal Caribbean fan, you may discover that the big brand new Royal Caribbean ships don't go over there for the med. So this is where it pays to work with a travel advisor who understands cruising so that you can get on the best ship because some of these ships are getting a little bit old. So we've just told you the three main destinations for ocean cruising, the Caribbean, the Mediterranean, and Alaska. And there is a lot to know about cruising. So make sure that you're subscribed because next week we are going to share our top cruise tips. And these are perfect even if you're a veteran or maybe you have a cruise planned and it's your first time going. You definitely want to tune in to learn about these. If we can help you plan a cruise, reach out to us or your Creating Magic Vacations travel advisors. I'll leave you with this. I would rather have a passport full of stamps than a house full of things. So grab your passport and let's start exploring.